When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh yeah. Good morning. Good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We're streaming live on YouTube. We on Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. The Cowboys have touched down in Oxnard, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow will be the official start of the 2023 Dallas Cowboys season. Oh, my goodness. But today, there will be a state of the team presser later on. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. However, on today's show, we'll discuss more of our camp questions. We'll pick this back up, talking about the defense. Okay. Not a lot of questions, in my opinion. Not a whole lot of questions on that side of the ball, but I do have a few I want to get to. So it shouldn't be a fairly long show. It shouldn't be a a crazy, in-depth show. But if you want to call in and talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, you can at 351-999-3787. Plus, in the roundup, we got more information on Big Zach Martin as well as some injury reports. Our first kind of true official injury report of camp. And hopefully it remains to be clean because we've already seen here yesterday, a lot of different players getting banged up in non-contact injuries. And that probably is the worst part of starting training camp is eventually somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to go down. You just hope it's not as serious as we've seen in the past. And as we've seen over the last couple of days, but what's good bomb squad. Bomb squad couple things, couple things. Apologies yesterday for the stream ending uh, abruptly when it did, as well as I, I guess you guys couldn't hear the the startup music, intro music there. So I'm not really sure what happened on that part. Uh, but the system crashed yesterday. My bad. We were in the middle of a great conversation with uh, me and Marcus. Me and Marcus was talking to ourselves. And I said, wait a minute, Marcus. I, I, I don't think this thing is working out here. So let me go figure this out. Uh, but it was a good show yesterday. Hopefully we can pick that up, carry that momentum into today, and we won't have any problems. There were no problems on Vacha's show, so, so there shouldn't be any problems here. Same system just happened to crash on us. Uh, that's what happens when you, you know, you're not, you don't have the best of resources, but we try to make what we can make with and uh, give you a good show. All right. So Cowboys Nation, let's get into this roundup and let's talk about this here defense. It's time. 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 It's time. It's time. time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you, Cowboys Nation. The Zach Martin thing not going away quite yet, right? 
Todd Archer, I think, was the first one to kind of report this. I, I don't necessarily know if, if it's breaking. Also, if, if you've heard anything over the last 30 minutes on Zach Martin, feel free to drop it in there. Uh, but apparently he did not board the team charter yesterday. And that kind of got the nation a little bit riled up. Now, he has till today to report to camp before the fines begin. And yes, there will be fines if he misses practice. I did see something on Twitter, though. Uh, the hold in, meaning they're just, they're basically saying Zach Martin financially would be silly to miss these practices and cost himself 50K. What he could do is report to the practices and just decide to not practice, a.k.a. the hold in. Uh, let's see if he reported earlier because Dak Prescott did not board the team charter because he was already there, right? Talk about a leader. So maybe Zach was in that same boat. Maybe Zach will just show up today. He's just continuing to try to prove something so the team can give him an extension. I remember he did this almost same exact thing back in 2017 or 18, and then they caved pretty quickly and gave him an extension, rightfully so. That was his first contract. He was, he was younger. There, there was no questions about it. Now the question is due to the age or what have you, why it's kind of been divided within Cowboys Nation. But we got to keep our ears to the ground on the Zach Martin thing and see if he shows up today and avoids being fined by tomorrow. But Dak Prescott did show up. Dak Prescott has been in Oxnard apparently for the last couple of days and, and is already prepping for training camp. Man, uh, Michael Gallup has spoken. We'll get to that in a second, too about the retreat that these guys had and the camaraderie they built, how Dak brought in the Navy SEALs, and just something feels real special about the the, the chemistry these guys have, and I'm excited for that, especially because they got a, another veteran in that room to help further that chemistry. So, you know, this past game may not take a, a another dip that we were worried it would before they went out and got Brandon Cooks. Injury report. A lot of Todd Archer quotes uh, tweets today as well. So Todd Archer dropped this injury report in a way. Not really a report, but this is what he said. From a health perspective, Jordan Lewis is looking at opening camp on the physically unable to perform list. Terrence Steele is not expected to be on PUP, but the Cowboys will be smart with him in return. And then Tony Pollard will be good to go let's touch on each and every one of those real quick j lou on pup i think was the expected prognosis coming into camp but that leaves the door open for a few other guys that we'll get to later on in the show so put a pin in this j lou conversation great news on my cousin terrence Steele. not expected to be on pup but if he does i think it's mostly a precaution as opposed to a setback uh, because they can technically put him on the pup and, and and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, that may keep that roster spot open. I might be wrong on that one, though. But nonetheless, if, if he's on pup, I don't think it's a major deal. Looked as a setback, but it's more of a precaution in that sense. And then Tony Pollard, right? Tony Pollard is ready to go, and I think he's going to have a major year, barring, of course, any type of injury. He is going to be the feature back, the the undisputed number one back and the RB2s are the guys that are going to be competing for those Ezekiel Elliott carries which I think they'll spread out those 220 some touches I think that'll be spread out among 
two different backs as opposed to one, AKA a committee approach. And I'm all about that. Now a name you will not see mentioned here among injury guys is one Michael Gallup. And that's a great thing. Michael Gallup actually sat down or got into the scrum of the reporters and he talked about his recovering process from his knee injury. This is what Michael Gallup had to say to the scrum out there in Oxnard. He said, Cowboys, or not Cowboys, but mentally it's up to 100% last year. Obviously, the mentals weren't there. I knew my leg was good. I knew I was straight, but I still had to get over that little hump. I've already rebuilt the confidence. That's why we had OTAs and all that good stuff. I definitely rebuilt it. That really was the main thing about Michael Gallup, right? Was the the mental aspect of the ACL injury. I said this maybe right after he toured the ACL. We had Doc on, and I talk about this often when when listening to, and it really was Malik Hooker that that brought this to my attention here. He kept because he was an injured guy for most of his career. He kept saying, "Look, the physical aspect is." is is honestly the easiest part to get over it's the mental aspect and michael talked about or gallup talked about that last year and he and he talked about it again yesterday if he is in fact over that mentally he can go out there and play fast and play confidently and get back to that peak mental form i'm gonna say peak physical form because we saw splashes of michael gallup in his physical form last year where he wasn't thinking about his knee he's going up getting the ball in the end zone he's making plays uh, off broken plays in the red zone. If I'm not mistaken, he had what three or was it three or four touchdowns last year? Somebody helped me out there. So you saw some of the old Michael Gallup, but you didn't see it consistently, and you obviously saw more of the negative side of that injury last year. His big hurdle is going to be getting over it mentally, and if he can do that, the Cowboys got a top five wide receiver core once again. And I think this passing offense is not going to take a drop. In fact, it's going to increase. It's going to be much better than it was last year just purely because there's better players purely because cd lamb is advancing a year and you have a brandon cooks being your wide receiver too where michael gallup can take advantage of a team's third cornerback or a team's fourth cornerback depending on how they deploy the receivers out there so we didn't talk about this yesterday offensively that's another question too you know what michael gallup will the cowboys be getting that is major if we're getting michael gallup of last year hesitant still in his head not quite back yet that that could be that could spell disaster for him i don't think it's going to spell disaster for the cowboys because they still got two quality wide receivers but i think that'll spell disaster for him and the cowboys will be moving on a lot quicker a lot sooner rather than later but if you're getting michael gallup over that mental hump you're getting a quality wide receiver that any team would like to have in their trio of wide receivers that's just facts man if you go look at his, his seasons from 2019 2020 and 2021 Michael Gallup was prior to the ACL injury was playing very well. He's playing some good ball, especially given if he was a wide receiver three at one point or when he was wide receiver two, that was when he was best production wise. So I would not write off Michael Gallup just yet until we get a chance to see him out there moving around and maybe in preseason. I don't know if we're going to see him much in preseason, but maybe in preseason. Well, we'll obviously keep our eyes and ears to the ground on that one too. Who else spoke yesterday? The leader of this defense spoke yesterday. Now, I'm not talking about 
the line. I'm not talking about him just yet. He is one of the leaders. You know, he's one of them. There's a couple of them. But the undisputed leader of this defense is J-Ron Curse. And they go to J-Ron fairly quickly on anything. If they want to talk about the defense, they, they stick the microphone right in front of J-Ron's face and say, hey, man, give us a soundbite. Usually, J-Ron don't hold back, and, and he didn't hold back here. It's a long quote by John Machoda here on Twitter, but let's read it. This is safety J-Ron Curse on Dallas's defense. The confidence level is definitely high when you got a lot of guys returning, and then you add some other great players. And this is him on potentially being the NFL's best defense. We feel that way every year, but we got to go out there and prove it. We have to prove it every day. We have to think greatness whenever we're doing anything. We're going in the right direction. We're taking the right steps to go out there and be a championship defense and a championship team. You just have to put the work in. Everything else will take care of itself, but we definitely have the formula to get it done. What I appreciate about J-Ron, they've asked him this now two years in a row about Super Bowl defense and things like that. And he basically said, look, y'all can feel that way, but we have to go out there and do it. You can't be a Super Bowl defense until you actually get to the Super Bowl. Right. And as fans, we don't have to really be cautious in how we speak about the team because there's no repercussions. But J-Ron understands. Look, I can do all this talking, but it doesn't matter. We've got to go out there and prove it. Quote, we got to go out there and prove it every single day. I did like this part, though. We've got to think greatness when we're doing anything. I haven't felt greatness about this defense in a very, very long time until this year. I do feel like this team, this defense, I mean, can be great and truly elite. Hold on to that word, truly. I didn't think they were last year. I didn't think they were the year before. We've had good defenses. Those were good defenses. Those were serviceable, respectable defenses, especially when it comes to either A, taking away the ball in 2021, or B, sacking the quarterback in 2022. But truly elite, that has to be something that is consistent from day one to the end of the season. And then sometimes that truly elite defense has to win you a game in the playoffs just has to I feel like this year they can do that but in order for that to happen we've got to get contributions from everyone I talk about this a lot depth is important on both sides of the ball across the entire team and there's no coach in the league that understands that more than Mike McCarthy when he won the Super Bowl I believe he won the Super Bowl with the most at the time at least the most players on the injured reserve list of any team so he he gets that. And when he first got here, he talked about how it takes, was it 60-something players or 70-something players, including the practice squad. Everybody has a job. Everybody has a duty that they have to execute to get to that championship. And that's kind of where we're going to be at here in today's camp questions regarding defense. Not really talking too much about the, the starters, about the, the superstars. It's kind of going to be the depth guys that I got questions about. And we'll get to that here in a second but i want to hop back into this chat and talk to y'all for a quick david j said j ron curse is a flat-out baller 100 i think a lot of people i mean i mean i say a lot a handful of people kind of wrote off j ron last year j ron was playing hurt he, he wasn't as good as he was in 2021 but he was still damn good in my opinion um 
I don't know that I, I think I don't know if he'll be here long term due to the way he plays a position. He'll likely continue to get banged up a bit. But when J. Ron is available, he is a key cog in this defense and he's a key leader on this team. I, I think J. Ron's gonna have another good season, honestly. Flat out. And uh Jay said he was a he's a godsend on the field and off. The combination of J. Ron, Joe Witt, we'll include him, and Dan Quinn. A gossip 100%. See, Nick says, I think the turnovers are going to come back again for the defense. Yeah, look, last year I thought it was right to say, Hey, look, this defense could be better, but maybe they'll take a step back in a certain category. And I think all of us thought, Hey, turnovers will go from maybe being number one to number five, six, seven, because it's just hard to be the number one team in turnovers back to back years. Hadn't happened since the 70s Steelers, if I'm not mistaken. But they did it again. And I don't think that's an accident. I think that is a product of the front seven. And now that you got the back end being as good as they are, I don't see how the Cowboys on our top five to seven team in turnovers again. I won't go as far as say number one, but I think they'll 100% be up there in turnovers because you just have a ton of pass rushers and a deep secondary. And it's kind of a pick your poison. How do you want to play the Cowboys? You want to get the ball out quick? You want to try to get some long developing routes? Think about getting that ball out quick now. You can't pick on Anthony Brown. You can't pick on Kelvin Joseph. You can't pick on Trayvon Mullins or whoever they got from Costco. That's an all-pro defensive player out there who plays those short routes extremely well, who's an extremely smart player. Yeah, I think those turnovers are definitely uh, going to stick around. Top three defense from Pebo. Yeah, I think this would be it. I think it's a top three defense right now. All right, let's get to the first question I have. And I said, making sure y'all hold on to the word truly. Let's get to the first question I have for the in camp for this defense. Who emerges as the true linebacker three? Heavy on the word true, y'all. And the reason why I'm saying heavy is because, hear me out. If LVE goes down, which he's done, or if Damone Clark goes down. I think there's going to need to be a linebacker that can play primarily linebacker, do the do the linebacker things, not a I'm playing you know nickel safety stuff or I'm a pass rusher that's just masquerading as a linebacker from time to time. No, the Cowboys are going to need somebody to to take over that linebacker role. Last year it was Anthony Barr who was in tandem with LVE. If LVE went down, you had Barr and you had. Uh, Damone Clark. So last year, I thought you had three true linebackers. This year, the Marvion Overshone, we talked about this with, um, who was it? Who was it? We talked about this with Pat. He's a guy that could potentially be your kind of do-it-all guy. Rush the passer. Maybe he's big nickel covering. But I don't really think he's going to be your true linebacker year one. I think they'll ease him in that way. Now, he might show out in camp and show that he is going to be a true linebacker. I'll wait and see on that one. Devin Harper is one of your least versatile guys, I think. I don't think he's a cover guy. I don't, he showed some blitzing ability in, um, at Oklahoma State his last year. I think he had some like six and a half sacks or whatever it was, right? But I don't look at him as a versatile guy. So he's a dude that you can say, well, maybe if Devin Harper shows something, 
he can be that true linebacker three. Jabril Cox is a guy that a lot of people think can be a, a big nickel and, and, and be the, the, the J-Ron Curse replacement type. But he's been a true linebacker for this team. And J-Ron Curse, no J-Ron Curse, Jabril Cox is going to have to show that he can do that, in my opinion. Because if Jabril Cox does not show that, and say a DeMarvion Overshone steps up, Devin Harper steps up, Jabril could be on the damn bubble. Now, that's not the case at the moment. Right now, according to Pat, Jabril Cox is the leader in the clubhouse at linebacker three. Notice I said linebacker three, not safety six, not pass rusher eight, but linebacker. And the Cowboys need somebody to come out of this scrum as the true third linebacker because LVE has injury concerns. And while Damone Clark doesn't necessarily have injury concerns, what if he does get hurt? Who steps in and, and can maintain the linebacker play? So I think this is a question that I think we all want to see answer here. If you, let me, let me ask it this way. Who do you want to see emerge as a Cowboys true linebacker three? I'll ask it that way. Who do you want to see emerge as a Cowboys linebacker three? Now I'll try to fix something here that I put together. Oh, maybe I didn't put it together. All good. Oh, let's see here. Jabril Cox says Miss Myers. Overshone Clark. Well, so let me say this. I don't view Damone Clark as the third linebacker. Though. I actually view Damone Clark as the, this is weird because the defense has a Michael Parsons, but as the starter, I, I view LVE and Damone Clark as your two true linebackers. Now, I'd imagine who said Damone Clark here? Where'd you go? Cowboy Chris. I'd imagine, Cowboy Chris, are you factoring in Michael Parsons? If you're factoring in Michael Parsons as the true linebacker, I totally understand this, but I'm not. So I get that. But I got Damone Clark and LV as your top two guys, and I want to see Jabril Cox or Devin Harper kind of step up as that true LB3. Right now, at this moment, I feel like DeMarvion Overshone, Demo, Agent Zero, is, is more so... A versatile guy, more so downhill pass rusher type of guy until we see what happens out there. I'm not confident to say that he's going to be the linebacker three. And, and I don't know that. Honestly, I don't know if I want to see him emerge as the true linebacker just yet because I want to see Devin Harper and Jabril Cox, a third round pick and the, the fifth round pick or what have you kind of bring something to the table where DeMarvion Overshone, I think in year one, it's OK if he's a sub package linebacker um, and then he can kind of come into his own and take his time. The last thing I want to do is kind of force a guy like Demo who doesn't really have a home just yet. And then he gets out there and he's confused and he's not sure of himself. If he has to be kind of a one trick pony year one, that's fine. There's enough guys around him, I think, to help that. But if he has to be forced into that role to be true linebacker three, I just hope he's ready for it. Yeah, a lot of people say that, Grayson. Uh, Overshone could be the curse replacement at some point. I, again, that's why I'm interested to see what they do with him. I'm very interested to see what they do with him because he has the safety ability. Uh, he has the coverage ability. 
from a man-to-man standpoint, I've seen him kind of get lost in zone, but he can definitely man up, and then we know he can come downhill. Harper's an interesting one, too, Pebo. Harper's interesting because he's the guy that doesn't have any of that versatility. And if we talk about bubble, it's not a deep, it's not a deep room. So maybe they don't cut any of these, these draft picks. But if he's a guy that's on the bubble and he doesn't show any versatility, Harper could be the, the one fighting to stay on this roster. Athletic room, though, I'll tell you that. It's a, it's a supremely athletic room, but somebody has to emerge to gain the trust of the uh, front office and the coaches. All right, question number two. Can Kelvin Joseph and Nation Wright fight off the competition? We did a contenders, pretenders type of edition of the show a couple weeks ago with Pat. And one of the questions I posed was, was Kelvin Joseph and Nation Wright, you know, a contender to take Jay Lou's spot? And Pat pretty much scoffed at that, pretty much had a, a good chuckle with that one there. <laughs> you know, he basically said, this isn't a Kelvin Joseph, Nation Wright versus Jay Lou. This is a Kelvin Joseph versus Kelvin Joseph. And they're experimenting right now with him in the slot because it hasn't worked out on the boundary. And he's been more of an impactful player on special teams, at least last year he was. So that's something that he can continue to build on. Whereas Wright is your primary boundary cornerback that has some special teams experience. But again, in a, in a defense that is holding some value of flexible players, don't know that Wright has a lot of that. I don't even know if Kelvin has it yet because he hasn't been a, a nickel corner. We're going to see if he can. But a guy that has caught the sparkle of this defense's eye is Eric Scott Jr. I had an audio clip cut up here, but I didn't I didn't upload it into the system. But it was Pat who was talking about how you know Eric Scott was the guy that got the call up when other cornerbacks were kind of sitting out during OTAs. Eric Scott was the guy that was out there with for Deron Bland and Kelvin Joseph was still trying to fight to kind of get on that field. Now, when other guys were out, he did some nickel things. That's kind of where they're moving him at right now. Uh, he's done some he's done some individual drills with the safeties. But according to folks down there, that is more in the lines of that's what the nickel guys do. Jordan Lewis just do the same thing because they're asking the nickel guys to kind of do some safety things being close to the line of scrimmage. So I don't know that he's transforming into safety just quite yet. More so nickel. That's the position. But can Wright and Ken Joseph fight off the Eric Scott Juniors, the Miles Brooks of the world? They're going to have to. I think this four, this is going to be a heavy competition right here. Last year, very similar competition. And, and, and Kelvin Joseph was the last guy on the roster in regards to cornerbacks that made the team, in my opinion. Not counting CJ Goodwin. Deron Bland, Nation Wright, Jordan Lewis, all these guys look better in camp. I don't think Joseph can have the same camp and get out of here alive. He's going to have to stave off competition. Now, with J. Lou expected to start on Pup, it's going to give one of these guys to rise to the occasion. And here's the thing about J. Lou starting on Pup. I think this is a good thing, too, by the way. If J. Lou starts on Pup and Eric Scott 
shows out or Kelvin Joseph shows out or somebody that's going to be a slot guy can rise up. I think I'd keep J. Lou on Pup. Not cutting Jordan Lewis, but if you keep him on Pup, unless his, his leg or his foot is 100% healthy, and he's like, hey, look, man, I'm good. But if you keep it on Pup, he can stay on the team, not count towards the roster, and miss the first four games while these young bucks are actually getting that special team, those special teams reps, and God forbid any injury, they don't have to get on the field. But if these guys are not, and Jordan Lewis is ready, and I don't got to... AJ Lou, that, that foot still hurt, right? If I don't have to do that to him, then you can just bring him off pup. J. Lou becomes your fourth uh, cornerback, and he's your depth guy, your backup on the, in, on the inside, because right now, Deron Bland is the guy. But if we can get a Deron Bland type of performance from Eric Scott Jr., hell, I'll take a Deron Bland, Bland preseason camp performance from Kelvin Joseph. You know, he hasn't had that yet. If we can get that, that ma- that makes this room much deeper. And you can utilize some smart roster gymnastics by keeping J. Lou on the team without counting towards the roster and putting him on pup. Because again, 17 games plus playoffs. You hope it's at least 20 games, right? It's going to be a season of who can remain the healthiest heading into the playoffs. I'm I'm keeping all the good bodies I can if they're warranted to keep around. So it could be a blessing in disguise if, if he stays on pup because somebody rolls up. But if if nobody steps up in his absence, then you probably got to bring J. Lou back. Similar question. Who do you want to see rise to this occasion with J- Jordan Lewis out here? I got an answer that might surprise you. But I want to see what y'all say first. Who, who do you see or who do you want to see rise to the occasion with Jordan Lewis out on pup, because it's going to be a four-way battle here. I'm going to go with Kelvin Joseph. Look, man, I do not want to see this this second-round pick fail so early in his career. I don't. You're talking about a waste of a second-rounder. And, and Pat says something very interesting. He said, look, if if Kelvin Joseph was was truly going to be the guy here at any of these positions, they would have never drafted an Eric Scott Jr. He was drafted because Kelvin didn't rise up. So I'm not I don't want to just waste this second round pick because it feels like it's a waste already because he's a special teams guy. So when I say who do you want to see rise up, it's my second round pick. I can wait another year on Eric Scott Jr. Nation Wright. You could argue him as well because he was a third rounder. Miles Brooks, he's an undrafted guy. I'd probably get him on the on the practice squad. But I've put too high of assets to, to a Kelvin Joseph to just see it fail. So I want to see him rise up and say, hey, I deserve to be on this team. I'm making plays. You can trust me if somebody goes down. Because none of that is the case right now. So I got Kelvin Joseph. I know Myers. I know. But but I, I'm rooting against that. I'm rooting for him to not be who he was last year. You know what I'm saying? Tino said it's already a waste. He's done. But, y'all, but you understand where I'm coming from. Right? 
y'all understand where I'm coming from. I'm still of the, until he proves it otherwise, I'm still of the oak that he is the last guy on this roster at cornerback until he proves me otherwise. But that's what I want him to do. I want him to prove to me and to the world that, hey, man, if J. Lou is out or if Deron Bland goes down or if somebody else goes down, you can count on me because that makes this team much better. <laughs> People say KJ needs some milk. Maybe some mental milk. Maybe some mental milk. We got Los on the horn, Cowboys Nation. Let's let's hear from our guy Los. What's good, bro? Yo, good morning, Scott, man. I hope you're having a great morning. It's only six more six more, seven more Sundays till football, man. So Hey, for me, know, let's get going. For me, it's only twenty four hours. When camp starts, <laughs> hey. football is here. The season is officially has begun. Exactly, and and you you and Vossi, y'all enjoy it out there, man. I know y'all y'all always do some great work and bringing everything got, down for we us. We gotta man. get the volume. We gotta get the volume to to to, to get, get it going here. But I hope we out there, brother. All right, brother. But hey, just real quickly, man. Uh, just two quick points of talking about this defense and what I'm kind of looking for in the camp is. Okay. Uh, my first point is y'all, y'all were talking about linebackers, and there's three. Uh, I just kind of want to see these three names out there and see what uh, if they can step up to where they were last year or is it kind of like man i i would i don't know what we're going to do with these guys and well first off is overshown I, we barely drafted the guy i don't expect too much of him but i do expect him to at least be used on the field for what he can provide in the run game or you know etc and i do expect cox and clark to at least show something because man don't get me wrong. LVE is a great player. I, I, I like he's a good, solid football player. But man, it's just his neck. I don't know what it is. It's a giraffe neck, or I don't know. But that worries me, man. Like, I feel I feel like it takes one back contact, and there goes your linebacker too for you know the year. So I just want to see what Cox and Clark can do when LVE goes down. Correct. And last thing but not least is well, we saw that last guy. year a little bit, right? When when Clark went down, I'm sorry, when uh, LVE went down. Damone Clark had to come in, and, and, and it's, it was a bit of a, some struggles because he was new to being the guy, and he played much better when LVE or Anthony Barr was in the lineup. But, you know, from everything we know and hear about Damone Clark, he's a fast learner. He, he's a heady player. He has the athletic ability. He has the mental processing. Uh, it's just a matter of, of continuing to play out there. So I believe in Damone. Gotcha. And my last thing is talk about the cornerbacks. Is, uh, we already know who's going to be your your three out there. It's going to be Diggs, Gilmore, and Bland, right? Um, what I think is if you're going to hit on the cornerback four, whoever's going to take that, that position, it's going to be like they earned that position, you know? And my thing is, there's, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do with Jordan Lewis. I'm kind of tired of him. But if you were to ask me, I would probably just, like, push him during the camp, like see if he can even play the slot. Because my idea would be putting the Bland outside and seeing if Jordan can, Jordan Lewis can cover the slot, because that way, in case you were to, you know, mix and match, you can put Bland, Lewis, and um, let me slow, let me, there, you know. let me slow down here. I'm a bit confused. Are, are you, you saying you want to put Deron Bland on the outside to see if Jordan Lewis can play the slot? In the, Correct. Right, two, I, I, I kind of hold up. Hold I kinda, up. I kind of already hold ahead. up because I'm, I'm confused. So, so. Trayvon Diggs and Gilmore are outside. You understand that, right? Yeah, correct. Right. Okay, so yeah. you can't put, put Bland out there unless you it's barring injury. If an injury happens, then he goes out there, right? Copy, yeah. Yeah. 
So, so, and then you said you want to see if Jay Lou can come. I mean, Jordan Lewis has been a slot corner his whole career, so you know he can he can do slot things. Gotcha. Yeah, I just my concern is like, well, don't get me wrong. I don't. I'm not saying they're going to take some play off plays off, but like, let's say I'm not saying worst comes to show. Like, let's say Diggs or Gilmore has to be out of a play, right? Like, they have to take two or three plays off or whatever for some reason. Mm. I just want to see if I just want to see if Jay Lou can like, or one of these guys can cover for for you know one of these guys whenever they have to miss a play because you know I feel like that's going to be our our kind of our kryptonite. You know, if one of these cornerbacks go down, and you know that kind of so you don't believe in the depth. I mean, that's the point of, for me having Jordan Lewis. I think that you you have great depth. You know, we saw Deron Bland play outside. I think I think Deron Bland is a stud. So I feel great about him if he has to go play outside. I actually hope he's kind of our future outside guy. Uh, but but that's a whole different discussion. Um, so you know, you got J. Lou. I mean, sorry, you got Deron Bland. You got the big three: Deron Bland, Gilmore, and Diggs. If any one of those guys go down, Deron Bland can can take on the outside. If Deron Bland goes down, Jay Luke can step in. So, are you a little bit concerned that we you, you're you're concerned about the depth at cornerback right now? Correct. Yeah, I'm okay. just a little concerned. I'm not saying it's bleaking red light, mm. but like I'm saying, if one of these goes down, you know, it's it's kind of a concern because you know, one of these things in the in today's NFL, the quarterbacks want to pass the ball, and I think our primary strength right now. Is we're we're gonna take that shit away, right? Not sorry for me cussing, yeah. but the way we the the way Cowboys are constructed is we are built to rush the passer, keep 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 uh you know the corners clean for at least three seconds and let that passer get to the quarterback. And yeah. if we if we fell like one of those you know things, it's kind of like I don't know. Last it's question just, on not, depth: Who no are you concerned about depth wise? Uh, I'll probably say. Deron Bland. Ooh. No, no, not Deron Bland. I'm, I'm probably more concerned about Gilmore, in all honesty. Yes, uh, no, he's an all-pro cornerback. I meant if somebody oh, go goes ahead. down, like you said you're concerned about the depth, who, because I'm guessing it's a player or players, uh, which one of the players is, is, is it? Is it Deron? Is it J. Lou you're, you're concerned about? It'll probably be a mix. It'll probably be Bland and Gilmore. If those two guys go down, I'm just really concerned. Like, I gotcha. don't know who's going to fill the void. Well, i tell you what, bro. But yeah, that's all I got, guys. Got gotcha, you, man. That's, that's all I got. That's, sorry for taking too much of time, but I just, right, hope, cool. I just hope that no matter what happens, you know, this Cowboys team can overcome what they do. And, you know, shit, we got a squad, guy. It's been a while since we had a defensive squad. But, hey, let's rock with it. And it's better than that. And let's, let's, let's go whoop some ass this camp, man. I want to see some fights, man. Sure. But, yeah, that's all, man. Peace out. All right, salute, love. A little surprising there. Uh, I've, that's the first time I've heard concern over the depth at corner um i mean i thought deron bland held held it together very well in his rookie year i th- think he's going to be much better i think he has inside outside ability and then again if jordan lewis is my fourth corner i mean how many how many cornerback fours or have the resume or or as good as jay lewis i'm not saying jay lewis is an amazing guy right but on well, most teams, Jordan Lewis is your slot guy. If he's your fourth guy, I, I like that. You know, I'm that's one of the positions I'm most excited about depth wise. If somebody were to go down, we have the ability to step in. If you're nervous about it this year, boy, what was you nervous about last year? <laughs> AB, you know, was your quarterback too. 
We didn't know shit about no Deron Bland, right? We fifth round pick, we was we ain't know. You know, he was playing well, but we ain't know. Hell, we were sitting talking about he might be a third best corner because of how well he was playing, but we didn't see it yet on the actual NFL field. But I don't know. I feel good about this cornerback room, man. Maybe, maybe more than any room, maybe defense end, that's it. Defense end might be the only other position I feel better about on this entire team from a depth from a depth standpoint. So interesting. Interesting. DP, are you with me? What's good, man? What's up, Scott? Welcome. Long time, no talk. Long time, but I know you always tuned in, good brother. Oh, yeah, man. What got weird on me, you know what I mean? So I ain't been catching too many live shows, but I oh, woke good. up early today and said, I'm going to go ahead and tune in. Then I seen the line, and I said, oh, what? let me go ahead and holler at Scott one time. I'm with it, man. What's up with you? What's on your mind? Well, I'm hearing the conversation about the defense. Uh, it, it, it's really kind of weird to me to hear people, uh, that last caller that was talking about questioning the, the cornerback depth. Um, kind of blew my mind a little bit. But uh, I'm with you on J. Lou. Um, for $4 million, you do not cut a veteran. Uh, with as much experience as he has, who has literally played every DB spot in the backfield yeah. for your team. You don't cut that for $4 million of cap space. Like, I, I, I'll i be honest with you. For Liz Frank, that's a hard injury to, to heal up, a real easy injury to re-aggravate. I'm with letting Jay Lou sit for the first month of the season. Right. So, DP, did got, you hear me earlier about the puck thing? Yeah, we got yeah. we gotta just let him sit on pub. Let him sit on pub. I'm 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 because, with that. Cause quite honestly, and I said this in the chat a little uh, a little earlier. For as much as we beat him up because of the 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 gap between Trey and our depth pieces, Nashawn Wright is not a bad young cornerback. He didn't do bad when he got his snaps. Matter of fact. Deshaun Wright in the one start he got got his interception. Yeah, that was a. So how you gonna clear up? How you know? I mean, now it wasn't. It wasn't playing against a great quarterback. We can well, I'm not gonna act like that. But hell, it was one shot shot he got. So you gotta go ahead and give him credit for it. I give him credit for the intercept. Um, that game was weird for Deshaun Wright though, because it wasn't technically a good cover game. He gave up a ton of yards in that game, but but he did. What what I like about Deshaun Wright, bro, much more than I like about Kelvin Joseph, is Deshaun Wright is gonna fight. He's going to go 110, percent um, and and as a boundary guy, there, I think there's more there from a measurable standpoint. Uh, and I know he's going to he's going to put in the work, and I've got to question that. But at the end of the day, can you can you get it done for me? I, I wouldn't rank him in the top, yeah. you know, four corners. But I get what you're saying. I think there's something more there for me yeah, with Nashawn and Kelvin at yeah, this moment. Yeah. To be honest with you, uh, I think we're going into the season. Is he cornerback four? Uh, be I think that I, mean, I think that that J. Lou probably is going to start the season on pup. You know what I mean? And dudes already safety for he might as well just call him. You know what I mean? The uh, X back, bro, because you ain't no telling where he's gonna plug. Facts. He might plug in that umbrella. He might plug in that corner. Let's right? call him. Let's call him DB four. DB four. Hey, DB four. You know what I'm saying? He he can be he can he can fill in and that's we talked about this yesterday on Vach's show, you know Dan Quinn absolutely loves having one of these kind of 
flexible guys at each level of the field. You got Micah Parsons, right, yeah. on, on, on the defensive um, line. You got now they drafted a DeMarvion Overshone who got flexed. At safety, you got a guy like okay. J. Ron Curse. So you need a six man that can do some of these things. And is he shown last year with his newfound physicality? Job, <laughs> you know that. Hey, if you need me to go to the slot, I can do it. I've got I've got experience playing on the boundary, and now I'm a safety. So Izzy's kind of that DB four flex guy that can can do a lot of different things. Yeah, and I don't know if a lot if a lot of the bomb squad caught. Uh, Boss and Law and all them boys that was down at uh, down at SportsCon. SportsCon. Uh, Hooker Hooker was gushing about Izzy, Tell about him. Bell, uh, Wanye, all them young boys behind him. He said his room is crazy. It is. I think it's the best in the league. Man, like hands down. <laughs> like anybody, anybody sleeping on our safeties. I'm just gonna tell you, go watch. Go watch any game film on Hooker you want to. If that man touch you, he karate-sized people, bro. Hooker I, lay people out in the middle of the field, in the end zone, in the backfield. Wherever he touched somebody, they lay down. I was a bit shocked that on Twitter there was, I don't know if, you, if you've seen it, but there was like a Hooker outrage uh, because shout-out to my guy Brian. But Brian is not a believer in him, and a lot of people kind of was riding that wave not believing in, J- in Malik Hooker. But I'm like, hey, if you go look at his film – the last two years he's been with Dallas, I think it's it's better than his, his, his other careers when he was in there with uh, Indianapolis. He's a better tackler now. He still has the range, but what what Dan Quinn was asking Malik Hooker to do was not easy. It just wasn't. Uh-huh. There wasn't too many times where Hooker could just play half field and, and utilize that range to get a ton of interceptions. Hooker's job, much like KZ in year one, was keep everything in front of you. I'm not really asking you uh-huh. to, to break on the ball and make a bunch of plays. Just keep everything in front of you. And when I ask you to come down and make tackles, do that well. And Malik Hooker was top 10 in the league in missed tackle percentage uh, last season Man. at free safety. So I think he does a fantastic Find job. Find me at his a job. free safety that run the alley like Malik Hooker right now. That do what? Find me a free, find me a free safety that come down here like Malik Hooker against the run right now. A free? It's, it's going to be tough. And I'm shocked because I didn't. You know, as a guy that no did free that. safety that's running the alley like Malik go full yeah. speed ahead and run smack right into you at the spot every time you're going down. And you're I not watched him. That tackle. And I watched him line up at the line of scrimmage and, and make plays in the backfield yeah. or at the LOS. So, yeah, Malik is a complete safety. You know what I mean? Dono is a complete safety. You know what I mean? People don't because of his hard hitting style. And the fact that he does have a knack for making plays in the backfield, like his five sacks he got last year, I mean, people think about Donald as a line of scrimmage dude. You know what I mean? Donald spends half his stats playing free safety. Yes. I actually had to give him – I think Donovan Wilson is one of the most underrated flex guys the Cowboys have. Uh, we yeah. usually talk about J-Ron like that, but but Dono throughout his career, and even with the Cowboys, he's played uh, – last year he played some some – some roof stuff. He's played back there in halves and he, and he done well. Go look at the Washington game. He made a crazy play downfield. I think it was on either Scary Terry or one of the other young wide receivers where they, they did the halves. They hardly do this, but they played the cover two. They did the halves and he broke. Uh, he saw the play going deep on a nine route and he broke back and made a play deep downfield. He can do that for you. I'm not saying that that's what he should do full time, but Donovan Wilson is a versatile yeah. safety. Yeah, Donald Donald's one of them dudes, man, like he he he's a he, he's a true see it and go. You know what I mean? Like when, when he sees what, what that, that ball going up, when he see that ball go up, 
he can get to that spot, he gone. You know what I mean? It's, it's been times he, he's supposed to be in coverage, but he sees a, a quarterback spill out, and he, man, I can get there before you see me come, and he knock him out. That's what he do. He's a playmaker. You know what I mean? He been hitman, hit, hit man when uh when he was young in the league. He's still hitman. And he, he's an elite blitzer. I'm glad they tapped yeah. back into that last year. Yeah, you got them five sacks. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, don't sleep because uh, just just revert back to the earlier part of the conversation. Uh, J. Lou, at the end of his rookie year, benched A. B. He was the starter on the right side, but then they brought in Rashard, and he benched J. Lou for being a half inch shorter than A. B. <laughs> so even when A. B. had his career year, Jordan Lewis had three picks and three sla- uh, sacks from the slot. Don't y'all sleep on Jordan Lewis? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not. Moving off of J. Lou because I'm trying to like I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, right? If I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, I'm trying to put the best roster together, and and Jordan Lewis can be a part of that, especially as a depth guy. Yeah, as a fourth or fifth corner, you're not man. You don't get rid of that. Bro. Nah, not for no four million dollars, bro. <laughs> not for four million dollars. No, and and here, here, here's one thing I really did want to call in and say, bro. In my opinion, uh, the biggest sign we had as far as bringing guys back was Jonathan Hankins, and that got magnified when we selected Mozzie Smith. Yeah. Bro, Jonathan Hankins dropped our yards per carry against by, like, .8 when Almost he, when a he full joined yard. the team this season. Yeah, so you can do a full offseason in training camp with the team. Oh, and guess what? We just brought in a new baby brother for you to teach. And do you see the way he gushes about playing with Mozzie? He can't wait. Yeah. Bro, if, if we can hold opponents under four yards to carry, nobody's going to be able to throw the ball against the team, bro. And force them, right? Not, not. Oh well, you know what? We we outscoring them, so they they don't they don't got to run the ball. No, 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 no. We make them not be able to run the rock. That changes everything. Yeah, that's different. That's different. It's one thing when you when you create a game scenario that that forces a team to throw. It's another thing when you just line up and say, "Bitch, I wish you would." <laughs> <laughs> right. Look, look, DP, we was living on a hope creed. We hope yeah, they don't like, run I the hope ball. They drop back and pass. We hope they drop back we and hope. pass. Instead, we would be living no. on a wish creed. We wish a mother yeah. would run the ball on us. Yeah. Cause look, we gonna have Hank and Mozzie, still got Olsa, still got Chauncey, both gonna be pissed off, and now he got something else to prove all over again. I mean, he thought he had got good last year, but I like that. Let's keep a chip on your shoulder. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I think that was done. Um, but, yeah, but I like, I, 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 I like, I like our defensive line. I like the way it's shaping up. Uh, I, I, I really think uh, our linebackers are going to have an opportunity to show show their legs this year. Uh, with the defensive line group that we got, we should be able to see all of these four, four, and four or five athletes flying around on the second level, and, and I think that alone should uh, help improve our run defense as well as our uh, our pass defense with all the zone coverage that we play. I agree, DP. Hey, look, fantastic call, man. Always good to hear from you. I definitely want to touch more on some of this, man. Appreciate you. All right, brother. Have a good one. You too. Salute. Pieces when they come to the line of scrimmage, hey, hey, Mozzie, hey, 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 Hankins, where you from? we from, we wish the woods.
that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's the perfect analogy for what I meant by, hey, look, man, we've seen this under Rod Marinelli. All oh, the Cowboys ranked in the top five in rush yards, but that's because wasn't nobody running. We made teams have to throw because we were a high-flying, high-scoring offense. But when you can come to the line of scrimmage and you can say you can't run, it's a whole different ball game, ladies and gentlemen. Whole different ball game. Yes, sir, Professor. Hey, look, I'm gonna be using that until the season start because I think there's this mis this this misunderstanding by some about Jonathan Hankins and his importance. That stat right there should show you it. And if you want to go even deeper, just go watch. Just go watch Jonathan Hankins against the 49ers. Just go watch Big Hank against the 49ers if, if you need to if you need to see his importance against the run. Go watch what they did when he was out there. Not Ting. That's why you go out and get a Mozzie Smith to pair him with it. Because yes, Hank can't do it on his own. Now you got Mozzie. Maybe Hank don't got to play 30, 35 plays now. Maybe it's, it's 22 to 27. When Mozzie can do it. And then you're going to probably get about 10 to 11 plays of both of them on the field. <sighs> Come on, man. How can you not get amped about this defense? Which takes me to my last question. So much depth, right? So many, so much talent. How would a numbers game play out? Now, this might be a combo question because you can include the offense, but somebody is going to get left out. It could potentially be a veteran. A lot of people in Cowboys Nation are bringing up guys like Dante Fowler. I don't want it to be Dante Fowler, but that's a name that's been brought up. We just talked about Jordan Lewis. There's a handful. There's a sector of the of the nation. I want to see Jordan Lewis go. Neville Gallimore, to me, is public enemy number one when it comes to that. He leads the charge in, hey, if we got to make a numbers game, a roster gymnastic move, it's Neville. Because Neville ain't a one tech, and he's not one of your better three techs, at least at this moment. Now, he's going to have to have a nuclear camp, in my opinion. He's going to have to have a Tristan Hill type of camp. Tristan Hill was Neville Gallimore last year, a guy on the bubble. They drafted his replacement, essentially, the year after he got drafted. <laughs> and then the next year, they drafted Osa. Well, they drafted Neville, and the next year, they drafted Osa, and the next year, they drafted Mozzie, or two years later, they drafted Mozzie. So Neville Gallimore is kind of on the outs right now. So he's got to have a good camp. If Neville Gallimore has a camp like last year where he's playing in a fourth preseason game, third preseason game, injuries might save him. Can't have that. If he's going, now we're not doing any joint practices, but if he can't breathe because his check engine light is on, can't have that. Other names that have been brought up for Roster gymnastics. Kelvin Joseph. Talk about him. Jabril Cox. Quentin Bohanna. I personally believe Quentin Bohanna has more of a direct path to the team than Neville. They got to pick and choose what they're going to do with Neville because he's, <laughs> I love what Vod says, when you're good, you're a flex player, right? When you're not so good, they call you a tweener. Neville fits in that tweener category, right? 
Bohanna showed some ability to be flex because he was doing three tech things last year. But he is a 350 pound, puts you in front of the center, disrupt the line of scrimmage, cause the, 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 the car accident type of player. And before his injury, like we talked about the other day, he was doing that. And I think he was doing that pretty damn well. I, I, I thought he was more of an underrated player early on in the season at that position. I, I, mean, I said this before. I didn't think it was, it was always the interior early on when the run game was giving us trouble. A lot of big plays were happening on the edge. I think that could be fixed with the combination of things. Uh, your DTs now allowing some of these edge guys to be more disciplined in their sets. Having a guy like Sam Williams out there more often. We know D-Law is D-Law. But I personally think Bo, if they'd elect to keep three bigs, which I would do, I would love to keep three big one techs, three 330, 40-plus pound dudes on this team to make sure you're always going to have these guys out there to help stop the run. And they say, hey, Bo, we don't need you to be do three tech things much anymore. Just use that strength and that, that mountain of a body to hold up the line of scrimmage, penetrate, disrupt your keys so these linebackers can roam free. I think Bo can do it. So I think he has a direct path, a better path to the team than Neville Gallimore does. But both of them could be on the outs if they don't elect to keep three bigs, like three one techs. So I think that is a question that will need to be answered. How will this numbers game play out? This is the defense is the strength of your team. So do they elect to go long defensively and short, say receiver, say running back, offensive line, tight end, so I'm going to keep an eye on. So those are my three questions, man. Uh, how will the numbers game play out? Can Kelvin Joseph and Nation Wright fight off the competition? And who emerges as a true linebacker three? Most of these questions are about depth because I think the starters don't have the starters slash role players. Some of the, the, the integral parts of this defense, those role players, I don't think there's many questions there. We can get into, hey, well, a Sam Williams start over a, a Dorrance Armstrong. That's a question that could be had, right? But nonetheless, both of those guys are going to play. They're going to play a lot. But some of these dudes that we talked about today might not make this team, might not be active on game day. Those were the questions that were on my mind. All right, let's finish up the show talking to you guys on the phone. Let's get D-Shift on the horn. What's good, D-Shift? What's good, bro? Good morning, bro. Um, good morning. Just a couple comments for uh, certain things you were talking about. Um, got a interesting – well, not interesting, but uh, like I got a question, man, something that interested me with the uh, linebacker depth. Uh, there's a – would you say there's like a shift in the way teams are approaching how they uh, invest in the depth at the linebacker position? Because of the passing league? Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a shift in in how they're drafting them. Um, how how mm-hmm. many they deploy? I think that depends on the scheme you run. But I think if you were to look yeah. at the measurables, the size, the athletic requirements from say 2005, will be different than now. Most of these linebackers are are sub 240, sub 235. They're 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 faster. They're more athletic, and they're required to be more versatile. Where back then you're looking at 245, 250. You need to stop the run. That was your number one priority. Not saying it's not now, right? But they're asking these linebackers to be a tad bit more versatile 
because it's a passing league. So I would say there's a shift in how they are scouting and drafting them. But I'm, I don't right. know. I have to look at the, the the statistics across the league and how they're deploying them from a, a roster standpoint. Right, because as much like as much concern as we have at linebacker, and uh, you know, I, I guess that's why I thought they were gonna like draft something more traditional versus like Overshone in the third round. Yeah, um, I, they just have a maybe it's something that they're trying to transition to, you know, uh, past you know what they did with Layton and Jalen. Yeah, so um, maybe I don't know. Are Damone and Layton kind of like kind of sharing a workload, right? Because if you have maybe one traditional linebacker on the field when you're playing a lot of uh, three DBs, right? Um, are you, are they kind of like kind of sharing the workload to where the point that you don't see the need to have that third guy to be as competent as like, I guess, as we think we need them to be right. Um, I mean, if you, if do, you had no, and you're there you go. That that's that, that is mainly the reason why I brought that question up is because there's injury concerns with a guy like LVE. And if there's injury concerns with a guy like LVE, you you need to make sure you have some quality depth behind him. If the question is, hey, is the third linebacker as important from a playing standpoint? Probably not because you're not going to play a bunch of three linebackers. And if you are playing a bunch of three linebackers, guess who that third linebacker likely is? Michael Parsons. Mm. So I think okay. there's two there's two sides then, to that. Yeah. Okay. And then also, I mean, with your, uh, man, your DTs, man, um, it's, it's really a good position. I just hope, like, Mozzie gets that chance to where he doesn't get tacoed. And, like, taco, you know, the biggest indictment on him is the fact that he couldn't overstep guys like Charles Tapper and uh, Benson Mayoa, you know? So I think uh, Mozzie has a, a kind of a harder sled, you know, kind of sled to try to travel, uh, taking out a guy like Hankins and ultimately, like, just uh, taking over that spot. And I, I know you're not off the bat looking at it that way, but for me, just first-round investment, just more hopes and, and thinking what you're, how better, how much better your team can be versus, like, having anxiety like that. Mozzie would be a buzz mm-hmm. off the bat. Like, I ain't going to be that guy. Uh, I tell you what, about, just, just hope that. about Taco, Taco's mental uh-huh. was probably his number one issue. Uh, he, he just – Right. He, he didn't want to be here. He he had an attitude problem. If you if you talk to people, Taco just didn't fit. And then obviously they kind of isolated him. The whole hot boy thing, which is so corny to me, but the whole high, hot boy thing didn't work out. Plus, he kind of he, he was in an uphill battle. They drafted him, and for whatever reason, decided to throw him at right defensive end. That he's a six foot six, you know, two hundred and seventy five pound left de. He's a run stopping type of guy that can, you know, develop into some pass rush things. But Taco. It was just a bad pick, right? Like, come on, man. T.J. Watt was right there. <laughs> the pass rushing guy mm-hmm. to, to compliment Demarcus Lawrence was right there. But Mozzie, I don't think, will fall into the taco because I don't think he's going to be asked to play out of position, number one. And number two, his mentality is completely different of a taco Charlton. If they didn't go to the same school, I don't think we'd be even talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And uh, I guess final final comment, man. Um uh, Man, who's who? Who's our LA Knight on the team, man? Getting all the pop, <laughs> who's getting, our, you know, getting prompt push, but we 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 still we're still waiting, man. Do we do we have and to I'll wait? Leave you that no, no, shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nah, nah. Do we have to wait till camp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have to wait till camp to figure out who our LA Knight is? Because there really hasn't been much much push in in that type of push, right? Like, there's there's tangible push, and what can we really get from OTAs, right? 
So so can we ask right, this right, question right, right. in like two weeks? I love it. I love the question. Yeah, we'll save it. We'll save it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Two, give me, come back to it in two weeks, and I'll have your LA night comp. All right, dog. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Salute. You as well. I almost, I almost came out and said Deuce, right? But I can't say that yet because in OTAs, not really doing much of anything, right? I mean, I shouldn't say not doing anything. They're they're trying to implement what they're going to be doing at camp, at least in mini camp. But we're not getting a lot of footage from that. It's just pictures, kind of just hearing some things here and there. Oh, we're going to see the push. We're going to see the push at, at camp. We're going to see the videos. We're going to see, you know, uh, inside training camp. We'll be reporting here starting actually Thursday with uh, Pat Nosey Walker. We'll be getting the, the, the hopefully, my footage, right, as we're down there. But if not, there will be tons of other uh, fans and content creators that will be down there. .com will have it, and then we'll be able to see who really gets that push. Love the question, though. If you're not familiar with L.A. Knight. Let me talk to you. He's the hottest thing going right now on SmackDown. Outside of the bloodline. All right, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four more. And we'll wrap this thing up. Let's talk to Twan from Connecticut. What's good, Twan? What's good, Scott? How you doing? I'm doing good, brother. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good to hear, bro. I'm just here to say I'm ready. Um, I'm ready for football to start. Mozzie is going to be a great, great, great run stopper. I feel real confident about us. Neville Gallimore is out of here. I also think Kevin Joseph is out of here. Mm. How do you feel about that? I, I have if right now, if you said Scott, gun to my head, what do you think about Kelvin Joseph? I do have him on the outs because how can I not? How can, how can I how can I watch what happened last year at the cornerback position where he finished literally at the end of the depth chart? We had guys like Trayvon Mullen come in and, and get playing time over him. Nation Wright jumped him. Uh Xavier Woods jumped him. So at this moment, I, I, I can't dispute that. However, my hope, right? And here go here I go living on a hope creed. My hope is that Kelvin Joseph makes me change my tune. And we say, nah, man, we can't let go of KJ, man. He, he's balling out there. Man, that's shit. I ain't even going to lie. I don't believe that, but I ain't mad at you for saying like that. I really, I really think he's out of here, and I really think we're going to have a top three defense this year, Scott. And to be honest, this is one of our best chances to go at it, to go at, to go at the Super Bowl. It I honestly agree. is. 16 was it. I feel like 16 was it. 18 was a little shaky. And then now. 14, too. Like I, if it's, if it's I gonna, truly believe 14. We can yeah, 14. That 14. I, I, honest to God, I do. Honest, honest, it's just, what do you feel me? We ran in the air. Robbie, and let me not sleep on 07 either, bro. It. You feel like we could have won in 07? Bro, we was 13 and 3. We was if Terry Glenn, I'm sorry, if T.O. don't kind of get banged up a little bit towards the end of that year, uh, and and he was a little bit more healthier, I, I, yeah. I ain't, I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. I'm also I'm also predicting about anywhere between 33 to 37 takeaways for for the defense this year as well. I still I still feel the same way about the defense and the takeaways. Um, Michael Parsons, my prediction on his sacks, I'm, I want to say 17. And 
Sam Williams. I want to give him eight to ten. That's how. Yeah. I, that's how. I, that's how good I feel about this defense. Yeah, I think this team could, could. You remember last year, the Eagles had like four dudes with double digits. I think the Cowboys might not have four, but they'll they'll have maybe five or six guys that got like six plus sacks. Maybe maybe several six guys, right? Dante Fowler, D. Law, um, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, Michael Parsons, and wouldn't be shocked if Osa Digizua was was that sixth guy. Yeah, I want to see more from him. So yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely want to see that. I definitely want to see that. But I, ain't, right. I ain't gonna keep you all day, Sky man. Yes, I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Have a good one. You as well, bro. Appreciate you. Let's get to Marcus. What's good, brother? And look, man, don't say nothing that'll get us canceled and, and, and shut the stream down. My man Marcus came over here talking about Booker Sugar, and next thing you know, error. I'm proud of that. Hey, man, I am not about that life. Them, them people is for real. Them people out here, them people for real. I'm not trying to have that in my life neither, yo. I'm not trying to have that. I took care of that before I got on, so I'm all right. All right, bro. <laughs> What's up, Hey, man, uh, real quick. Real quick, you know, the interesting thing about depth, what that said to me about it on the defensive side, man, again, that, that, you know, that starts from the top down. Dan Quinn has been in charge from day one, and uh, he knows what he wants. He's put together a, a great defense and a great defensive system, and so it's easy to find holes to plug, and it's easy for us as, you know, fans, casual or not, to watch and see what happens and who can play where and, and stuff like that. And it's fun to do all this, all this speculating about it because yeah. we know at the end of the day the right guy is going to get the job. Yeah. Uh, so at least that's what I feel like. I feel like it, it, as it pertains to the D line, I want to focus on them. Even though we kind of started out talking about the linebackers, I think how the linebackers are going to play is going to depend on how well the defensive line plays. And I think um, I like Neville Gallimore, but I think between him and Bohannon, Bohannon is going to probably edge him out, only because we saw the impact Jonathan Hankins had when he got here on the run defense. Yes. And continue to have on it. We saw that instantly. And, um, you know, Hankins, you know, I know he's, what, like 33 or something like that. So he may have a year or two. No, Hankins, is, Hankins I think, is 31. Maybe 30, 31. I think he's turning 31 now. So he's actually oh, okay. younger well, than, that's, I, than that's, I expected. Yeah, yeah, let me get that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's even better because, again, he's going to be, you know, a staple. I don't know what kind of contract situation yeah. he's got, but he's going to be a kind of staple. And, and as it pertains to the depth 31. of the line – Again, you got you got guys in place that make the defense silent, so it's easy to groom the you, the guys behind them into doing the job that's in front of them because they got they can learn from somebody. We we talk about that on the offense with Brandon Cooks, you know, like a Jalen Tobit learning yes. how to play, how to do certain things because a veteran's over there, a high level veteran, not just some guy that's you know that's been in the league, but a guy that's performed at a high level, and you got a guy. Like Hank is doing one check things at a high level. Yes, that helps the guy that you drafted. Yeah, oh, that so you drafted one. this year in Marty Smith as a as a one check, and Bohannon last year as a one check. The year before you drafted Bohannon to be a one check, but you got a guy actually coming in here yes. showing you how you stop the run. That's Marcus. how you build depth because you got guys uh, that can do the job. Then you can bring guys along behind them. Hey, this is how you do this right. job. If you want it, this is how you got to do it. So hold, hold, that like that. That kind of, hold that point. Hold that point because that is that is so critical. 
when when Dan Quinn got right. here, and again, this is his third year, so he, he's kind of already he's getting into the mix yeah. of, of establishing what he truly wants to do. When Dan Quinn got here, right. it was Brent Urban mm-hmm. that was that that veteran guy that could stop the run that was trying to teach some of these guys on the roster like a um, uh, Jonathan, not Jonathan Ankins, but a uh, Quentin Bohanna. But what happened? Brent got right. hurt early. Brent got put on IR right, and he right. couldn't really be around oh, to help yeah, those right. guys, you know, day in, day mm-hmm. out. So now you're really right. not playing with any true run-stopping defensive tackle type guys that are veterans that know how to stop the run. How many times have I said this, uh, uh, Marcus, mm-hmm. you can be a run stopper in college because that you're learning how to stop the run there. But a lot of people don't come right. into this league knowing how to because either A, that wasn't their primary uh, duty or B, they was playing maybe in a conference where it was a whole bunch of spread or what have you. And even if you were right. uh, pretty solid at it, you've got to kind of relearn mm-hmm. a little bit of that in the league if you're not one of the elite guys. Bohanna right. really didn't have that. for no, There wasn't no true one tech on his team to learn from. Salute to Calvin Wa- or Calvin mm-hmm. Watkins. Salute to uh, Carlos Watkins. Carlos Watkins right. is not a one tech. He was playing both. Yeah, he, he was a, he was a tweener, but there wasn't that one tech. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and they get a Jonathan Hankins. And I promise you, all the things you're talking about, learning and, and, and the nuances. Go watch him in that in that, in that Niners game. You just saw him mm-hmm. just the torque of his body, the you know creating a lane for his guy or or or, or one arm standing up a dude peeking and shedding. Like he was doing little things that it's like damn. You know, that's how you stop the run. And now you can teach that to right. a Mozzie and teach that to a Bohanna. Right. You, yeah, you could mm-hmm. see improvement yep. just by having him on this roster because there wasn't a Hankins on this roster under Dan Quinn. You're right, Great exactly. Point. And that's how you that's how you yeah, exactly, man. That's how you get that continuity. That's how you get that consistency. That's how you don't get that drop off. Because you got a guy that's established, that's doing it at a high level. You got another guy, and you can create a rotation. You got another guy coming in behind him. You don't overwork him because you got another guy coming in and do the same thing because he watched the guy in front of him do it that way. So he and he got the ability to do it himself in Bohanna. So I'm because Bohanna didn't do a bad job, but again, he he didn't have anybody to learn from. You could tell him this is the job to do, but like you say, if it, it, it's better to learn it from somebody no, he, that's out there doing it. Yeah, he showed uh-huh. improvement. Bohanna before the injury yeah. was an improved player right. in camp and in the regular season. Right. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, so that's what I like about that. And that's kind of edging living out to me in, in terms of that depth issue. Uh, real quick, and I'll go. You know right. what? I, what that reminds me of is back in the day with uh, Bill Belichick and the, and the Patriots. It kind of went under the radar uh, because they were they were at uh, trying to get Tom Brady signed after that first contract. He had they had won those Super Bowls up there, and, and Belichick kind of went you know hemmed and hard like he wasn't going to pay Tom Brady at the time, which he was going to do. But the thing he did do that kind of went under the radar at the time was he had Biz Wolford. Y'all talk about that trash can full of dirt guy that's yeah. just sticking in the middle of the defense and leaving there. He went and signed Vince Wolford long-term. It, it didn't make, you know, headlines didn't make any splash news, but he signed that guy because that guy was in the way. Vince Wolford was going to be over the nose, in the middle of the line, causing that power. And, you, and, he, and it made his defensive front multiple. It's oh, why he gosh, didn't Vince. value that's why fantastic. he didn't value uh, uh, defensive ends that way, you know, because because he could because he could manufacture that pass rush, but he had to control in the middle of the line of scrimmage. So that's my whole point with that, uh, 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 Scott. So uh, good stuff, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep these people out y'all like because I know they're watching, and I'm gonna handle my business on my own next time. So so thanks for taking the call. <laughs> good stuff, Marcus. Appreciate you, man. Oh, uh, Marcus yes, always brings yeah. some good stuff to the to the to the stream and. Great callback on Vince, man. Vince Wilford, 
Is he in the Hall of Fame uh, conversation yet? Did he get the nomination or whatnot? Because he, he probably should, man. Vince, multiple times Super Bowl winner, one of the best nose tackles of his his era. Um, not always going to have the gaudy stats, but he did his job at the highest level of anybody in the National Football League while he played. And just, just a great kind of uh, analogy there in the sense of saying, you know, he didn't need to pay those guys. That's why you saw a guy like Chandler Jones or, and all those type of dudes kind of keep it moving because you can have a guy like Vince to kind of make things like life easier for you around them. And I don't know how many times we've said this about not just during the Dan Quinn era, but prior to the Dan Quinn era, get some guys on the interior that can push that pocket. Michael Parsons came out and practically begged, begged you. Hey, man, go give me De'Ron Payne. Look what Ray Lewis had. Look what, you know what I mean? Get, get me these guys that can push the pocket from the interior and watch it make our lives easier. And I think it will. Dan, you, you, you got Hankins now and Mozzie, and let's continue to keep adding to it. Somebody called. Was it you, Rolo? Y'all know how y'all be calling Marcus. <laughs> y'all be calling Marcus uh, Michael Irvin. Somebody called him the AI Michael Irvin. Oh, bro. That AI crazy. I saw on TikTok, they did like an AI uh, Eminem and who was it? K-Dot. I'm like, are we sure that's not them? Wow. All right, we got 808 and then 818. Not sure what 818 is, so we'll get to that one last here. What's good, my oos? Hey, what's up, brother? Will, man? I didn't even think I was going to be able to get on. I, I got you. you had a bunch of but I appreciate the pickup, man. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I just wanted to call you real quick just, uh, to get your take on the situation. Definitely this whole uh, last two weeks, three weeks, just kind of been playing uh, musical, which you call chairs with the roster and seeing how we're going to fit everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. But let's say for the defense, let's just say best case scenario. I'm not saying this is going to happen or uh, this is what I think is going to happen. I'm just going to say, let's say best case scenario, we go into camp and all of the position groups, linebackers, DB, which call our pass rushers and stuff, we show that our depth is like, we're doing fantastic. Not only is the, the starters doing good, but depth is kicking in and we're starting to play roster gymnastics and stuff. But let's come to the interior D lineman, what we were just talking about. Let's say we decide to keep three, I don't know, two or three bigs, depending on what they decide. Let's say it's between Quinton, Big Bowen, and Neville Gallimore. You have to pick up one of those guys. And let's say you go into the training camp. Neville Gallimore gives you like an Antoine Woods type look. He's showing a lot of promise and stuff. Does his, does that growth in this small of a time give you enough trust to say, you know what? Let me take away from another position to see where this goes. Basically, this uh, this question is is surrounded by like, where do you think the surplus and and the defense should hold? Do you think we're able? You would want to sacrifice it on the interior D line, other places, but mainly saying is Neville Gallimore a short burst of growth enough for you to say I'm gonna put some uh, surplus on the D line in terms of roster genetics. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you, man. He would have to go stupid, but like Gallimore would have to be a menace, an absolute terror out there. Like like he's winning against Zach Martin. He's whooping Zach often. He's whooping Tyler Biotish often. He is just such a problem out there because 
as I'm thinking about taking away, do I want to take away from this safety room? No. Do I want to take away from, from the cornerback room? No. You could argue maybe you could take away from the linebacker room. I'll, I'll give you that. I won't fight you on that one. Uh, but but there's just not many position groups I'm willing to sacrifice defensively, if that's what you're talking about. Because yeah. Neville Gallimore was Antoine Woods. You know what I mean? Like, he got to be better than Antoine Woods. If he's just Antoine Woods, no. Nah, got to be better than that. See, that's what I was feeling. Like, if he, if he give you a Vince Wolford type production, I'm just like, okay. Well, but that's, that's what, what I, I mean by Antoine, stupid. That would be stupid if he Vince. Yeah, so that that means it got to be an exponential group. So, so in terms of surplus, where do you, where would you like that position to be? Just your preference. Uh, defensive end, I think I, I would like to go long at with pass rushers and can never have too many pass rushers, and probably corner. I think your safeties, you got you'll do five like they did last year, the same five as last year, honestly, with Bell and Izzy rounding that out. So I, I would say defensive end, I'd like to go long and corner. I'd probably go interesting, though, because because Izzy can masquerade as a corner. So you might not have to go long. I, I'd probably go at least five at the very minimum. Uh, six probably is what they'll, they'll elect to do, but five or six at corner. Somebody else got to step up. But, but you're probably looking at Eric Scott right now as your fifth guy. So who can be that sixth guy if we go six? Okay, I feel you. I feel you. That's the only thing that's been playing in my head because you, you hear of all these new guys, the Hoko coming in, and all these guys are you just you want them to do so good, and then you hear names like Chauncey, and then which call all these Fowler coming in. You're just like, oh, frick, man. It's it's hard, man. To, to it's, it's a it's a great problem to have too much talent, man. Yeah, that's why I brought the question up. Like, how will this numbers game play out? Because you like, you got guys like you said, Chauncey, who I, I think is another one of those versatile cats that I would like to keep around because he can do two different things at a, you know, a fairly decent level uh, on the interior. Yeah. Your interior could, could be deep, right? Where you got Mozzie, Hankins, Chauncey, Osa, um, Bohanna. That's five right there. You know, if you, if you count Chauncey as an interior, you carry five. So yeah, it's the numbers game is going to be interesting. And, and I probably would go longer on this side of the ball than offense. Okay, I see. Yeah, that's the main thing I've been thinking about, like with the uh, the backups and stuff. Uh, I'm just think playing roster gymnastics. But the one thing I don't want to do. Sometimes I hear a little bit of Cowboys. It's not a bad thing, but for me, they're a little scared to do pickups or to bring in competition. I that no, I want these guys to be battle tested. Oh, I don't yeah. care if they're those and stuff like that. I was like, every single person in here gonna earn. You know I mean earn their turn? You know I mean. Exactly. I'm with you. Don't don't be scared to go bringing somebody. And I actually want to touch on that a little bit here. Hey, dog. I appreciate you calling in. As always, you continue to bring in some good conversation. Oops. All right, brother. You have a good day, man. God bless you as well. Salute. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if I wanted to make this an actual show, but we we're back here now in camp. It's it's not going to be difficult to talk about it, boys. But I want to give the front office some credit here. They played this kind of secondary wave or whatever one called a third wave of free agency very well in a sense of this we had a free agent second third wave free agent show weeks ago 
about who can, who who they should bring in or what position. We talked about linebacker. We talked about guard, running back. They played the waiting game. A lot of players are still on the market. Here's what I appreciate. And he kind of did this last year, but in a year where they're, they're going all in, they could have just said, screw it, sign everybody. Let's get to camp. Let's see if these backup running backs can make something shake. If not, there's a handful of them out there on the market. Let's get to camp. Let's see if these guards can make something shake. There continues to be some guys kind of hitting the market. Uh, some have gotten signed, but they can always dip into that. Same thing with linebacker. I, I wanted them to bring in a Deion Jones. Well, there's guys that are still on the market. If if it can't shake out right, we still can dip into that and bring these guys in. I don't think they're at a dire need at any of those positions, whereas last year you could argue linebacker for me was one. I felt like they were in a dire need. They needed to bring another guy, and they, they got a guy in Anthony Barr. Um, you could argue corner might have been one. This year, it's more so depth. And I think they're saying, let's go see what these young guys can do. And if the de- if, if they don't shake out, we can still dip our toes in free agency. We got the money to do it. It's not going to cost a lot of money. Nobody's going to come. Even if you bring back Zeke, it's not going to cost you a ton of money. Likely, a lot of these will be veteran minimum type deals or close to it. So I got to give them credit for that. Kind of just holding tight. Let's get to camp. Let's see how this thing shakes. And if it doesn't work out, we're good to go. And I- I'm pretty sure. God dang. I just saw Jalen Brown's contract just drop. Basketball. Oh my. That's a whole different discussion. Four years, 304. Are we serious? <sighs> he ain't like that to me. <laughs> Four years, 304 million. Bro, that is a baseball contract. My bad. My my ADD ADHD kicked in there when I saw that come in. Um, what was I saying? Free agency. Yeah, they'll get to camp. They'll probably talk about it today at the presser. There's this state of the team press conference where Jerry will be up. This going to be so awkward. You're going to have, and I hope they don't do it this year. Big Mike in the middle, all stuffy. You know, Big Mike, Steven and Jerry, and they just going to be back and forth asking these awkward questions. And it's ridiculous that they put on this show, but it's the Cowboys. It is what it is. I'm pretty positive Stephen Jones is going to say, oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, we want to get to training camp and we want to see what the young guys can do. And if it doesn't work out, we can go see what's out there on the market. He'll say something. On that. Yeah, my bad, y'all, but <sighs> four years, $304 million for Jalen Brown is. <laughs> Yo. What? Nah, bro. I'm trading him. Out your rabbit ass mind. All right, man. We about to get up out of here. Look, great stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. 818. That's right. 818. I done almost forgot about you. You've been on. Look, I almost forgot about you, 818. Let me get you up in here. What's good? Damn, Scott. You almost forgot about me. I, I sure did, man. My bad. What's up with you? All good. Uh, first time calling for your show, at least. Uh, calling on boss all the time. Uh, so the guy who brought up like the third, the cornerback depth, uh, I think he also forgets about Tampa Bay game. You know when Easy came down in, in the big big nickel, we forgot that Chris Godwin even even existed, and that dude was no longer even there. Yeah. So so with Izzy, I brought up some context with that one. Um, if you guys remember, we had issues at cornerback too. So to rectify that, we moved Deron Bland on the outside and we used Izzy on the inside. Because at that point, you had no 
AB, you had no Jordan Lewis. And he held his own. He played well. And then the next week, you had a guy like Juwan Jennings, who's another big slot. The matchup worked out very well. For the most part, though, I don't think you want Izzy as your full-time slot. It would have to be kind of matchup dependent. No, not at all. Right. It would have to be matchup dependent. And if there is no injury suffered, then Deron Bland can cover every type of slot wide receiver. He's six foot, 200 oh, yeah, pounds. He can play inside, outside. He's got the athleticism, the speed, the, the physicality to play in there. But so. like what, I, what I'm also saying is like, He's worried about the corner, corner slot, corner oh. position in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, what uh, DQ is gonna, he's gonna play his players in the best of their ability and put them in the right position. Like everyone's like, oh, what are we gonna do in the playoffs? We have to play the Tampa Bay. They have good receivers. And yeah. then next thing you know, it's like, oh, is he playing spot? What the fuck? Yeah, that was dope. Language, but no, we we talked about that with Ron like, oh. Bland. If if you want to go back and look at that show when we had him on the show, um, I asked him straight up, yeah. like, was was Dan Quinn kind of keeping this one in the tuck and he kind of laughed about it and was like yeah we, we were working on that um and we waited to unleash it so i'm glad that they did and it worked out for him but yeah man i'm excited the only way i would be nervous about this cornerback room is if it suffers catastrophic injuries like it did last year where you're yeah, two of, course, of your top like, if you look three at corners depth, went down look at all our cornerbacks none of them none of them are injury prone none of them had any major injuries so it's like nothing to really be like shaking shaking about nah. Again, the only way I would I would get nervous if, if, like last year, two of your top three corners go down, then you get a little worried, you know. Yeah, but then again, like when the two, the two of the three best corners went down, adversity came in and like, oh shit, Deron Bland's actually pretty damn good. He was, but we suffered. It, Deron Bland couldn't oh, no, cover at all, unfortunately. You know, cornerback two was uh, god awful. Even when Deron Bland was doing well, cornerback two was getting whooped. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then also like the only position I'm, I don't have any worry about is like linebacker depth, just because like that, barring injuries, especially one of them being very injury prone. Now that's the one so, right there. That's the one I'm worried about. Of, yeah. Yeah, the only player that has like full time playing is LV and maybe Demone Clark, and then again Demone Clark is also injury prone. Not injury prone, but had a really big injury. Uh, LSU. So that's like that's something that's something I'd ever be worried about. Yeah, that's the that is the most worrisome worrisome spot on defense, maybe on this entire team, saying as the linebackers. I guess the line I'm sorry, the lineman, offensive line, but linebacker depth, linebacker room. Yeah, that's the one right there, bro. Yeah, and then I think also I also think Neville's gonna be the one that to get his line cut and say, you know what, you're done. We have given time and we haven't seen much improvement. Facts. Uh, he on the hot seat. All right, man. Appreciate the call. Uh, glad I didn't forget about you. Good stuff. <laughs> Have a good day. Yes, sir. Salute. Sound like he trying to get some cigarettes out of it. Y'all remember the cigarette commercial with a monkey? With... <laughs> trying to get... <laughs> they don't even do them no more. All right, let's get to these super chats. Super chat. My guy, Smoke One for you. Salute to Smoke One for you. Be active on Twitter, man. Uh, Gallimore, Dig, Bland, Izzy, J. Lou, Scott, and Brooks. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's seven. Wow, you do got seven. I think I think Miles Brooks could be on a on a practice squad though. I do. Speaking of Twitter, I just saw Brother L. Super chat. Drop one. This is definitely facts. He said, "Peace to all who tweeted at the volume at Vodge and Sky for training camp. Keep it going." Your voice matter. <laughs> Hashtag Studio 2023. 
or 2024. Yes, man. I, I'm taken back by the by the support that that I saw and we saw on Twitter where we asked you guys, hey, look, tag the volume, tag myself, ask Scott Walker still on Twitter, tag Vosh Lombardi, at Vosh Lombardi on Twitter, saying, hey, man, we are excited. We want to see them at camp, kind of put the pressure on them to get us down there at camp. And y'all answered the call, man. Y'all answered the call. So I'm hoping that they hear you. John Phelps, not Michael. Super chat. He said, uh, drop five and said, I can't wait to see this defense play, knowing that they're going to shut the run down. Dan Quinn is so close to reincarnating that old doomsday defense. I think so too, John. I, I think the Cowboys, this Cowboys defense has the potential to be the best since the 1990s. 100%. Sean Daly. Super chat. Drop 10 said, do you think the Joneses are waiting to see if Bland and Eric Scott make a big jump to see if they will pay digs? Ooh. I don't know about Eric Scott. Eric Scott's a young guy. He's a rookie. Um, it's going to be tough to really tell. Of like, hey, man, this is my digs replacement. You know, but Bland is interesting because you saw him do it. You saw him do it in the games. You saw him doing the playoffs. Uh, that is, I, look, I don't think they're waiting to see that, but it's not a it's not a bad thing to have in the back of your head, right? We're talking about an all pro here, Trayvon Diggs. So let's keep that in mind. This isn't kind of a Anthony Brown situation <laughs> where, hey, look, let's see if one of these guys can continue to be better and it's easy to replace Anthony Brown. This is this is uh. Strayvon Diggs. This is kind of the Byron Jones situation, right? Where they Byron Jones was going, they drafted Diggs in the second to replace him. They haven't drafted a guy to replace Diggs, but that is a fascinating question. If if Bland goes nuclear, do they say, oh, you know what, Diggs, we appreciate you, but we got your replacement? The problem, problem, it's a whole nother conversation, is Gilmore is also out the building. So you're willing to let Gilmore and Diggs just walk, and now you just got land and then we don't know what's going to be around them i wouldn't play with it i'm signing my all pro cornerback it's one of the best cornerbacks in the league cornerstone of the defense sometimes you just got to pay your, your best players man to to win a champ to try to win a championship all this pocket watching and cap this and cap that yeah if you're going to go out and sign free agents to big deals sure but you can't do this you can't say all right we're not going to play the free agent market and we're not going to play our pay our best players. Doesn't make sense. If you're not going to play in the free agent market, then you pay your best players. It's that simple to me. I'm not going to make this any more difficult than it needs to be. We ain't got to talk about history, this history, that it's right there in front of you. Now, if you happen to be a different team where you say, hey, yeah, we're going to pay big money to some of these big free agents. So we got to let some of these other guys walk. That's not what the Cowboys do. Better pick one. Good one, though, man. Good one. All right, we up out of here, man. Do me a favor on the way out. Y'all held it down today. It was good kind of covering these questions heading into training camp over the last two days. Hit the like button if you enjoyed that coverage. If you're new, you just dropped in and you you, you like the chat, you like the vibe, uh, go ahead and subscribe to what we do. This is the offseason, so things were a little bit different than what they would be during a regular season. So if you got some friends that are not familiar with what we do, get them hip. Get them hip to how things work here. We we strive to be the best morning show that provides uh, so many different paths to learning more about your team and enjoying it, right? And having the entertainment. Those two aspects are tough to come by, I think, in, in content in general. So definitely let your friends, family, and even your rivalries know to come through and get your Cowboys content, man. Please, please do. Later on, 
I'll be live again, Vash Lombardi Live. Mo will be back for prime time. And then we'll probably be discussing tomorrow. I think that's what we'll do. We'll discuss tomorrow what we heard, what we saw down at the State of the Team press conference today, which is happening in the next hour and a half. And then Thursday, we'll get kind of a camp preview, update, whatever, with Patrick Nosey Walker, who was down there. He is our eyes in the sky, boots on the ground, until hopefully we get down there on Monday. We'll keep you posted on that, man. Let me go ahead and press this button and get up out of here. Y'all the best. Come on back through tomorrow. We'll have another good one for you. Keep spamming the volume. Keep spamming. Get us down in. If not, you just have to wait until they come down to Dallas. Now we'll be at the store checking out camp. Molly, I love y'all. Peace. Let me talk to you. Wrestling pod name? Hmm, not yet, not yet.